Welcome to Behold, a podcast for women longing to live a life worthy of the call they have received. I'm Christy Horsch, and this is episode 50. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for this episode. This is episode number 50, and you guys are the best for sticking with me through all of these. If you're new to the podcast, I do recommend you go back to the beginning and journey from the start because the concepts kind of build as we go. If you are just wanting to jump in today, that's fine, but I might refer to previous episodes just so you know. So thank you all so much for being here. I'm Christy Horsch, and it would be such a, such a blessing if you could share this podcast with a friend or a family member or share it on your social media accounts so that we can get the word out to more women who are longing to live a life worthy of the call they've received. So speaking of social media, I am now on Instagram and this is very new for me and I'm still figuring it out, but please come and follow Behold on Instagram and you can see the show notes for the details on that. All right. So for episode 50, we are going to talk about mindset work and why we do it through the Catholic lens. We're also going to talk about self-coaching. Self-coaching for our purposes is when you use the model and other tools that we've been learning throughout this Behold series to coach yourself and to manage your mind. But before we dive in, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Come and fill our minds and our hearts. Help us to think more like you. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to be rooted in truth. Help us to see you and those that we meet. And help us to shine your light onto the world. Help all that we do to give you glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, now, I'm a life coach. I have a life coach, and I think that having a life coach is an extremely powerful tool. There are just things that we can't always see clearly in our own brain. And so when we have a life coach, they can help us to find that clarity. It's like when you're driving a car with a dirty windshield, you can kind of see, but you have to work a little harder. You have to strain sometimes to see through it. A life coach just cleans that windshield for you. And so you're still driving, you're still doing the work. It just becomes a little easier to see. But with or without a coach, you're going to do self-coaching too. You're going to become aware of your thoughts and decide which of them to keep and which of them to change. This is what mindset work is. It is awareness of your thoughts and that those thoughts are going to lead to your results. We take it beyond just an awareness level though. And with our free will, we get to choose if we want to continue with that thought or choose another one. And this is where that Catholic lens becomes so helpful. Life coaching does make some Catholics a little bit nervous because it has become a very po- it has become very popular in the secular world and the New Age world. And so, of course, we always want to discern and follow the Holy Spirit any time that we're diving into our interior lives. But what has been fascinating to me as I go deeper into this work are the biblical ties. I see the Lord himself pointing towards this work, and I see the fruits of the work when they're coupled with the faith. So let's talk about mindset work from a Catholic lens. First, 
St. Paul talks about capturing our thoughts in both Romans and Corinthians. In Romans 12, 2, he says, Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what the will of what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, he says, We bring every thought into captivity and obedience to Christ. This means that we are to become aware of our thoughts and bring them to the Lord to be redeemed. And why is St. Paul so sure of this? Because Jesus taught it himself. In the gospel, Jesus says that if we have an affair in our minds, it's the same as being unfaithful. At Matthew 5, 28, he says, But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Why? Because our thoughts lead to our results. If we are thinking it, we will have a feeling or an emotion. We will then act in response to that emotion and our action will lead to a result. The Lord is letting us know that what we think will lead to our results. So we have to manage our minds, take captive our thoughts, and when we find lies, half-truths, unserving thoughts, we need to bring them to him for healing and for redemption. Furthermore, in the gospel, Jesus talks about cleaning the outside of the cup when the inside is still dirty. Matthew 23, 25, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of plunder and self-indulgence. The inside of the cup is the inside of us, our thoughts. If we are thinking in lies and as the world thinks, even if our actions, the outside of the cup, seems righteous, they're not. We want to do the right thing for the right reasons. And this requires us to have our minds on God, to follow his will, and to take up a more eternal perspective. As you can see, the concept of managing our thoughts comes from the Lord, comes from the Bible. I know this to be true as well because it's brought a lot of fruit in my life and the lives of the women I work with. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 16 through 20, By their fruits you will know them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Just so, every good tree bears good fruit, and a rotten tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a rotten tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So by their fruits you will know them. So how do, how do we go about doing this? How do we take captive our thoughts and let him redeem them? First, we start with that awareness piece. We, come, we become aware that we are not our thoughts. We are an incredible daughter of God, made in his image and likeness. We have a claim to his, in, to his inheritance, and as such, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We also become aware that for many years, we haven't lived that way. We've let our thoughts run around unsupervised. We haven't been paying attention, but the enemy has been paying attention. So he has planted lies and deceptions in our brains about God, about ourselves, about others, and about our dreams. This is the next step. We accept that we are here and we learn to love ourselves. We don't beat ourselves up because we haven't managed our minds. We show ourselves love and compassion by speaking to ourselves with kindness and consideration. Of course we weren't managing our minds. No one taught us that, and that's okay because God brought us here so we can learn now. Then we start to bring our thoughts to the Lord. We invite the Holy Spirit into our thinking. We begin to notice the lies 
and we root them out. And anyone who's ever done any kind of gardening or just needed to get rid of some kind of a plant with deep tangled roots knows that this can be a process. We need to repent of these lies we are believing. But once we uproot the lies, carrying the burden of the work with the Lord as he heals and redeems us, we can replace that untrue thought with a true thought, a thought that better reflects our faith, our purpose, and our identity. When our thoughts are a reflection of the Lord, we will feel more joy and peace, even in difficult situations. From those feelings, we will show up as a better version of ourselves, and our result will reflect this and will give glory to God. Jesus's life was about giving glory to God, the Father. We want to be his hands and feet. We want to be saints. So our result, our life must give him glory too. But let's get practical. How do we do this? How do we actually go about this work? First, we get curious and notice our thinking. Second, when we find a concerning thought, we take it to prayer. We figure out what is true, what's not true, what might be true. We get really curious. We repent. We ask him to heal us and give us clarity and wisdom. This is always best done in writing. When we write things out, it makes more it more concrete and objective for our brains. I know we don't all love writing our thoughts down, but you will make so much more progress if you do. It takes away your thoughts power. When your thoughts are just jumbled in your head, they seem to have so much more power. When you just write them out, they become sentences on the page. They lose that certain air of power, air of power, and you're able to identify this one is true, this one is not. Third, we use the model. Remember from previous episodes that first we recognize in the model, we first recognize there's a neutral circumstance, then we identify our unintentional thought, feeling, action, and result. And this is what is happening when we aren't managing our minds. We process this, we allow ourselves to feel and explore it. Then when we're ready, we move into an intentional model by finding that intentional thought, feeling, action, and result. And again, we write it all down so that our brain can see it more objectively. And like I said, we go into that model process more deeply in previous episodes. Next, we practice that new thought and we practice it a lot. Our brain prefers things to stay the same. So when we make changes like this, we need to practice just like any new skill. We practice and practice and practice and we don't give up even when it's hard because this is the holy work that God has given you. So it may challenge you, but it will bear good fruit. Finally, if you feel like you want more direction, more support, more community, you find a life coach or a life coaching group or a spiritual director. You find someone else who can help you to see your mind a little more objectively and lovingly convict you as you move forward. With a coach, you tend to be more committed and make progress faster. If you'd like more information on, on life coaching opportunities with me, you can see, you can see my website in the show notes and ladies, you don't have to have a coach. You have what you need to get started, but you need to start. Pull out your journal, get curious about what has been happening in your brain and start cleaning the inside of the cup. Because when we do that, we grow closer to living a life worthy of the call we have received. I'm Christy Horsch. Thank you so much for joining me for 50 episodes. I am so grateful for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or family or on your social media account. 
Most of our brains have been unsupervised for far too long. And the other women in our lives are longing to learn this work as well. Please let them. I love you all. Have a very blessed week.